Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Apostasy is what each and every one of us must avoid. How can I say that? Because the New Testament teaches it time and time again so adamantly. Well, should stand to reason. Jesus Christ taught as much too. So I'll be going ahead now and reading from Hebrews chapter 6. And after that, I'll be going to Proverbs 28. So keep your finger there. But in Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 4, it says this. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Perhaps this is one such reason why apostasy is not tolerated within the kingdom of God. Because turning away from Jesus Christ, especially after knowing the truth, is equated here by the author of Hebrews, most likely Paul, to be crucifying Jesus Christ anew. Essentially, being responsible for the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary. So, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. They've tasted the good word of God, and if they fall away, they renew to themselves again repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh. For example, the Revised Standard says this, If they then commit apostasy, since they crucify the Son of God on their own account, and hold Him up to content. That's the whole point. You cannot say that you believe in Jesus Christ when you are guilty for the blood of Jesus Christ through your faithlessness. Through your inability to actually defend what it is you supposedly believe. Scripture says we're to be ready in season and out of season to give an answer as to the hope that is within us. There is hope within us, and we hope that every single thing within this Word of God will come to pass exactly as it's written. And that's a good hope to have, I might add, because everything else that is in Scripture has come to pass exactly as it's written. So as I said time and time again, we as Christian identists have tomorrow's newspaper. We know exactly what's going to happen, and that's the ludicrousness of the natural man who wants you to come along and embrace his godless ideals of a atheistic utopia. Because within their mindset, God is the offense. That is no different than the Judeo-Christian who says the law is the offense. Therefore, Jesus Christ had to die so you don't have to follow the law. It never dawns on him that Christ taught the law. It never dawns on him that he said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, that until heaven and earth pass, not one jot nor tittle, not even one dot or crossing of a T, shall pass from the law of God. What matters to them is their opinion. And their opinion, nine times out of ten, as I've pointed out, usually always trumps 
the word of God. But listen closely. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14 says this. Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardens his heart shall fall into mischief. Tying perfectly into what I covered tonight in my fourth desert island verse, that is the one in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. How a just man may fall seven times and lift himself up by his bootstraps and will get back in the saddle again and continue on his Christian walk. Well, here it is in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14. Happy the man that fears always, fears Yahweh. In fact, the Revised says this, Blessed the man who fears Yahweh always, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Now, how can the author of Proverbs say this? Well, because that is a scriptural fact. Pharaoh could harden his heart once, twice, maybe even three times. But after a certain point, it was God himself who was hardening Pharaoh's heart. Same analogy for the Assyrian, the same analogy for the Babylonian. The same analogy for all those who are truly apostate, who would rather be reverenced and revered as a god, as opposed to worshiping God themselves. That's exactly what each and every one of us should be doing. Following what the Word of God says. So, before going out of Proverbs, there's another, or I would say a fifth witness, if you will, but in Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, says this. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Oh, indeed. And many of you at this point in the broadcast will be saying, wait, that's in the Old Testament? Oh, yes, it is. And while Jesus Christ would continually teach the New Testament, he taught no different. That pride does go before destruction. What is Jesus Christ or Yahshua Messiah teaching here? But on the concept of apostasy of backsliding. And that's exactly what's being put here. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before you fall. Why is that there? So you'll wake up. So you'll know. When you see someone so high-minded like Charles Giuliani that they know everything, that they can sit and tell Christian identists how to live, you should already know that they're well on their way to destruction. They're well on their way to a fall, and it's self-inflicted. Why? Jesus Christ foretold you all things. And he told you right here, not only in the gospel narratives, but in Proverbs, all the way back 5,000 years before he came. 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, period. And we better not neglect that very simple aspect. Because when we start feeling lifted up, when we start feeling that we can judge everybody else because we feel so secure within our position with Yahweh God, that is usually when we fail. How can I say that? Proverbs 14, 14. Again, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14 says this. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Or, a polite way of saying that is a good man, a righteous man, will be fulfilled with his own righteous works. Why? Because he already knows it's the only true way of being blessed in society down here. But what else does it say in verse 14? The backslider in his heart shall be filled with his own ways. And that's something I have preached from my pulpit time and time again. It doesn't matter if they're atheistic. It doesn't matter if they're national socialist. It doesn't matter if they come along and they say, I'm agnostic, I'm atheist, or whatever buzzword they want to attribute to it. The reality of it is they believe their own ways, their own heart, their own opinion trumps the word of God, and it is simply an impossibility to do so. 
This is why they sit there and say, well, maybe someday I'll give my heart to Jesus. This is why they sit there and say, I don't need a God to dictate to me, never even realizing that it's not them who doesn't need a God. It's the God above who doesn't need them. And that's a position that you and I do not want to find ourselves in, dear kinsfolk. A position where we're unusable to Yahweh God. How can I say that? Because Jesus Christ straightforwardly taught, Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. The teachable, if you will. Not those who are so high-minded in their own mind that they can come along and say, You know, Pastor so-and-so says this. you got a problem with Pastor so-and-so. Call into a show. Debate them theologically, but they don't. Because nine times out of ten, they're cowards who'd rather sit on the sidelines and spread disinformation. Why? Because they hope it'll lead to apostasy. doesn't matter what your preacher does. Have you ever stopped to think about that for a moment? For the Pharisee out there who's saying, don't listen to, to uh, Pastor Eli, don't listen to Pastor James, they'd be the same exact person saying, don't listen to Paul. He used to be Saul. He consented unto the stoning of Stephen. Why? Because they're so judgmental. They can play judge, trial, and jury. They can dictate what is clean and what is unclean when the Word of God is really that which should define as such. This is the way they are. This is the way they choose to be. Because why? Well, we already covered it. They see themselves as clean in their own eyes. This is the reason why the adulterous woman can sit, sup, dine with you, turn around, wipe her mouth, and say, I've done the evil. First and foremost, she doesn't believe in evil. Therefore, it's up to you to define what is righteous and what is unrighteous? What is clean? What is unclean? That is the whole duty of the Word of God. That is why He's given us this Word. So you'll know homosexuality is wrong if it's not written on your heart so you know that by de facto, by default, coming out of the gate, you have a second and third witness in the Word of God. So you won't be sitting in the year 2013 wondering why faggots are getting married. And it should be pointed out, dear kinsfolk, this week alone, Jim Neighbors, a.k.a. Gomer Pyle, just married his male counterpart in the state of Washington because they legalized it, what, less than three weeks ago, December 12th. And that's the difference. That's what happens when we tolerate. If Seattle wants to open their doors to allow homosexuals to get married, that's one thing. But don't be shocked within three weeks to a month if every fucking in the world is lining up to get married in Seattle. Why? You tolerated it. And that's the difference. Don't think you're going to sit and tolerate evil and not be responsible for it. When the Word of God says you cannot bring an abomination in your own house, lest you become an accursed thing just like it, identical to it, exactly what it is. You can't corrupt yourself. How can I say that? I can prove that, dear kinsfolk. In the 101st Psalm, that is Psalm 101, beginning in the very first chapter, it is only about eight verses, and it says this. I'll read this from the Revised Standard Verse 1, Psalm 101, David speaking about the integrity of a man's heart. I will sing of loyalty and of justice to thee, O Yahweh. I will sing. I will give heed to the way that is blameless. Oh, when wilt thou come to me? Question. And that's a question David had time and time again of his Messiah. And perhaps a question that you and I will be asking in this latter year of 2013, when, Yahweh God, will you come? How bad does it have to be? 
Well, remember, dear kinfolk, that unless Yahweh God had shortened those days, even the elect would be consumed. Even the elect would be deceived. That gives you an idea how apostate, how perverse, and how far into Babylon we need to go before he even does come back. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. But knowing that, David continues, verse 2, I will give heed to the way that is blameless. Oh, when wilt thou come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is base. And so wise King Solomon did not walk right according to David, his father. And perhaps this is one such reason why. King David would not so much as even set within his house or the house of Yahweh God anything that would be quote-unquote base. The King James says, to paraphrase, I hate the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. So wise King David would not bring an abomination into his house, much less the abomination of Ammon, of Moab, and so forth. Wise King David did not do as such. Why? He walked with integrity of heart. He did not set anything before his eyes that was base. We see that King David was already keeping the charge of Jesus Christ 2,000 years, 5,000 years, before he even came, which is to abstain from all appearance of evil. David was already doing this. Continuing on, I hate the work of those who fall away. David says this stuffing right there. David says, I hate. God says, I hate. Time and time again for the Judeo-Christian to come along and say, God doesn't hate anybody. When he hates the rulers of unrighteousness. When he hates the deeds of unrighteousness. Here, wise King David is saying, I hate the work of those who fall away. I hate the apostate. I hate those who abide for a little while and then turn around and all of a sudden, guess what? They're not there anymore. They're not your friend anymore. They fell away into apostasy. What does David say? It shall not cleave to me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord of God. That is what Yahshua said before the land of Canaan. That is what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So you have a choice to those who believe in pre-existence, to those who believe that we don't have the choice to make. The choice has always been the same. Life and death, what do you choose? You can choose death all you want, but guess what? The wages of sin is death. That's all it will lead you to. It's physical death. A blotting out, if you will, and that is no place to be within the kingdom. 
For David hated the work of those who fell away, and it shall not cleave to me. Therefore, you and I, dear kinsfolk, if we want to be right with God, as was David, will do the same exact thing, which will hate the apostate. That doesn't mean you hate the person, per se. If someone within your own family abides, knows the word of God, knows the truth, has sweet fellowship with you, and then goes out for a season like the prodigal son, that doesn't mean you hate indiscriminately. That means you love less. You can love the sinner but hate the sin to cop a gay term, but it fits here perfectly. Hate the work of those who are apostate. Verse 4 in Psalm 101. Perverseness of heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. I will know nothing of evil. Get it through your head once more. I'll know nothing of evil. Why would David say that? Because the original charge given to Adam and Eve was in the day you partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you'll be like God's. Then you'll know good and evil. You cannot know evil without being corrupted by it. This is why David says this. I'll know nothing of it. I will not allow evil within my house. This is Solomon's dad. No matter how righteous or how after Yahweh's own heart David was, it did not stop wise King Solomon from falling in a path that he thought would be his own. That would be better. Wise King Solomon could see King David was blessed. He could see that David was a man after Yahweh's own heart. And what does Solomon do? Cross his own road. Goes the universal path, rows his own canoe. And what did it do? It brought about national curses on the people of Israel. But here in the 101st Psalm, wise King David, in his Psalm of David, preaching on the integrity of a man's heart, tells you how not to be like his son, not to be like wise King Solomon. Pay close attention. Verse 5. Him who slanders his neighbor secretly... I will destroy. King James now. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Period. Stopping right there. Privately. Doesn't matter if you're on a web page on the internet. Doesn't matter if you're sitting there on your blog or telling untruths. What matters is if you're sitting in the privacy of your own home, deceiving yourself. In your own mind, it doesn't matter if you're privately in your own heart slandering your neighbor. It's an offense. And so, as I've taught time and time again, slander, defamation, gossip, bearing false witness, all of these things are still forbidden as per the word of Yahweh God. But it does not stop a majority of people out there from coming along and doing it. Pay close attention. 101, verse 5. Him who slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Yahweh speaking. The man of haughty looks and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. Yahweh God will not endure with a wicked person. But more than that, God will not endure man's ego. And that's what's confirmed here. The man of a haughty look. The man who has the audacity to roll his eyes when you speak the truth of God's word. That will not be endured in the kingdom of heaven. That will not be suffered by Yahweh God, nor should it be suffered by you and I. We do not suffer fools. The man of haughty looks and an arrogant heart, God will not endure. King James says, Him that hath a high look and a proud heart, I will not suffer. Proud heart. Where does your heart stand? The heart of David was right with Yahweh his God. 
but not because he chose to be judge, jury, and executioner of the Israelite people. Not because he decided to take more than his share of wives. Not because he was persecuted by Saul and ran here and there. Not only because he was a warring youth and brought down Goliath, but because he obeyed. That's what's required of you and I. Obedience, not even necessarily understanding it. Do you think David or Solomon even understood why the Mosaic Law codified the fact that kings cannot have more than one wife? It didn't matter to them. They broke it because they were designed to do as such. So you can learn what would happen to a nation when we embrace and tolerate apostasy or apostate thoughts, apostate practices, for lack of a better term, sin. David says, I will know nothing of evil in verse 4 of Psalm 101. David says in verse 5 that whosoever slanders his neighbor, even in secret, will be destroyed of Yahweh God, and that the man of a high look and an arrogant heart will never be endured by Yahweh God. Verse 6, I will look with favor on the faithful in the land, Yahweh God speaking, that they may dwell with me. Stopping right there. Where? In the land. Not in some kingdom out there. But God straightforwardly says, I will look with favor on the faithful within the land so they can dwell with me. Not that God's going to take them from America, from Australia, from South Africa, take them to some place out in outer space, and all of a sudden everything's going to work out well with them. But God will pick and choose, and he will choose the ones who, guess what, don't fall away, don't have a perverse heart, who know nothing of evil, who do not slander their neighbors, and do not have an arrogant heart or an high look. Those are those who inherit the kingdom of God as per David in that 101st Psalm. Continuing on, that they may dwell with me, verse 6, He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. Oh, wow. Fancy that. Here it is in Scripture, God saying that he will be ministered to by his own saints. And while down here the arrogant, godless man says, I don't need God for this, or the apostate, backslidden Christian identist wants to say, I'm going to play God and judge, God's sitting here looking to be ministered to, looking to be reminded of the everlasting covenant that he made with our forefathers. So we can walk in a way that's blameless. If we walk in that way, then we'll be able to talk, joke, and walk with God as if he was our natural-born father down here. But that's no shock to the Christian identist. While the godless secularist out there comes along and says, well, you guys want to believe that the Jews are literally the spawn of the devil, but don't want to believe that you're literally the sons of God, I say, oh, really, Charles Giuliani? CI has always taught that we are literally the spawn and children of God. That's the symbology of the breath of life that was breathed within Adam. That's the moral consciousness that you have written on your heart to know right from wrong. God doesn't have to come down, hold you by your hand, make a new covenant with you, when he's already foretold you all things, when it's written on your heart to begin with. He's foretold you all things so that you will be without excuse. So that you can't sit there and say, Billy Graham or Logan Poofter 188 taught me otherwise. Check them out, dear kinsfolk. Why? Verse 7 in Psalm 101. No man who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No man who utters lies shall continue in my presence. Pay close attention. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. 
That's how the King James renders it. So, for you guys out there, the one or two of you idiots who want to sit and listen to defamation and slander and look at a picture of some stranger and attribute it to someone else and play church, pay close attention because that's what God's saying. A man who utters lies shall not be there, shall not tarry in the sight of God. Why? Final verse of 101 Psalm, or the 101st Psalm. Verse 8, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. Revise says, morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off the evildoers from the city of Yahweh. This is mountain, that's Zion, that's Jerusalem. However you want to attribute it, it is the kingdom age that is coming. The third and final kingdom age that will be ushered in. God will rise early and will destroy all the wicked of the land. Wicked in the context of the 101st Psalm is these. Those who will not cleave to God, they fall away. Those who have a perverse heart that is far from Him, who know nothing but evil. Him who slanders his neighbor secretly, that's considered evil. I will destroy, says Yahweh, verse 5. The man of a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure, says Yahweh God, in verse 5. So, these are just a few such examples found within the Psalm 101, beginning in verse 3, more specifically, about those who are cast away. Happy the man that fears Yahweh God. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. This is the way of it, because Jesus Christ taught no differently. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. These tears will be destroyed, whether they are realized by men and women or kings and queens a long time, or whether God intervenes and destroys them. In the book of Micah, the second chapter, verse 1, says this, Woe to those who devise wickedness and work evil upon their beds. Right there, Micah saying, Woe unto them. So rest within that. Coming out the gate, first and foremost, understanding, woe unto them. Christ would later add in the New Testament a condition to that. He would often say, woe unto the rich, for they've received the reward. Meaning, that's all they receive, temporal riches for a season. But they don't obtain the kingdom. So woe unto those who devise wickedness to work evil upon their beds. What's that mean? All the time. From the time they wake up till the time they go to bed, they can only think evil. And us, as the men and women and daughters and sons of Yahweh God, oftentimes cannot even understand the level of evil 
and depravity that exists within certain people's minds. Why? Because we have the moral conscious. We have the spirit of Yahweh God within us. So it is virtually impossible for us to understand the thoughts of the wicked, and that is why we are also commanded in Scripture to not to try to know them, just reprove them. They're the words and the works of darkness. Why? When the morning dawns, they perform it, because it is in the power of their hand. King James says this, when the morning is light, they practice it, because it's in the power of their hand. That's what they do. First thing in the morning, they wake up and say, hmm, can I go steal a car? Can I produce some porn? Can I charge some usury? Can I screw somebody over at work? Because that's all they know to do. But you and I, dear brothers and sisters, are not like that. We have God's Spirit within us. That is the law written within our heart, the law that says what's right and wrong. This is the reason why when we steal as children, we know it's wrong. We have a conscience. That was the gift God breathed into Adam and that each and every one of us possess. So, what about these wicked people? Well, verse 2 of Micah chapter 2. They covet fields and seize them, and houses and take them away. They oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. Inheritance, get it through your head, understand it. An inheritance is supposed to be something that you leave to future generations. For example, the Word of God says... A good wife and children are an inheritance of Yahweh God. Why? Because you're leaving a footprint upon the earth. Those five children you have within 25 years may have five each. And then there's 25 children. This is how God will bless you. But not so in rebuilt Babylon. Man comes along and charges you absolvent amounts of taxes for lands that they, what? Covet. And the reality of life down here in rebuilt Babylon is you will work your whole life. You will barely be able to cut out a little niche for yourself in this world, which would be your home. And when you die, they will charge you a death tax. They will take your home and they will sell it because no one truly owns anything. But not so under Yahweh's law. Yahweh says if a man prospers, like, for example, Queen Isabella, then her descendants should prosper also and in Inherit. So going back to Micah chapter 2, verse 2, well, the wicked covet fields. They take them away. Another way you could say that is they'll come along and they have land seizures. They want to come along and they want to say, hey, this bit of land is owned by the bank, so we're going to charge you too much usury so that you'll be in debt to us for the rest of your days. So this is a trait of the wicked. Another thing they do is they oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. Verse 3 of Micah chapter 2. Therefore, thus says Yahweh, Behold, against this family I am devising evil. Who? Yahweh. Yahweh is devising the evil that he's going to send against this lot. What Yahweh is doing is one of his oldest charges, which is eye for eye, tooth for tooth. You fight fire with fire, and if you're going to destroy the evil, then evil must be destroyed by evil. In essence, a nicer way of saying that is evil destroys itself, because by their own thoughts, their own inclinations, and their own desires, Yahweh God will usually visit it upon their head. So, Yahweh God says this, I'm against it. I, Yahweh God, am devising evil, from which you cannot remove your necks, and you shall not walk haughtily, for it will be an evil time. And that is the time that we are living in today. Darkened era, where the name of Jesus Christ is vilified, where people can lose their jobs 
as a nurse or a public school teacher if they profess a love of Jesus Christ or simply wear a cross around their neck. But, dear kinsfolk, don't be surprised. This is what happens when we have a Muslim ruler. And I'd invite you to swing by my website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org, and download my MP3 from about five years ago called Abomination of Desolation, where I preached that. Where scripture straightforwardly says if we appoint a strange king over us, especially a strange king who denies Yahweh God, then Yahweh God will withdraw his face. So what I'm saying is this. Every time in scripture when the children of Israel released their sovereignty, they were never again able to obtain it without divine intervention. And so while grace was imparted on the cross, it is up to you through choice, which is what me and Obadiah have discussed time and time again. Choice, free will, the ability to choose. Each and every one of us can say, hey, this day I choose to stockpile ammunition. This day I choose to quit my job. And every single one of us has that hardwired within us, but there's a few geeks out there who want to come along and say, well, we don't have choice. As I said at the beginning of this broadcast, choice is what we're fighting for. There was a choice in the Garden of Eden. Two trees. Tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was a choice before the children of Israel, before the land of Canaan. And Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me, they say, well, I won't have anything to do with CI anymore. Their choice has been made. But as Obadiah straightforwardly has said, well, guess what? I bet their choice was made long before they had anything to do with CI. Because CI, if anything, only elevates their numbers and gets them listeners. So as that is, verse 4 of Micah 2. In that day they shall take up a taunt song against you, and wail with bitter lamentation, and say, We are utterly ruined. He changes the portion of my people. How he removes it from me. So as Jesus Christ confirms, many who are first shall be last. And many who think that they are serving Yahweh God will actually be turned aside. Of course, this is confirmed by Jesus Christ, who says to those considered the goat company on his left-hand side, depart from me. They sat there, they said, I did marvelous works, I cast out demons, I did all of these things. Yahweh God, in essence, Jesus Christ in flesh form, cast them out says, I never knew you. Why? They worked iniquity. Iniquity is a nice way of saying lawlessness. They were they who came along and said, you know what? The law is the offense. I want to do what I want. I want to be self-aggrandizing. I want to row my own boat. Well, cannot do that. Why? Because Yahweh God will destroy them. And it's confirmed here in Micah chapter 2. In that day, the taunt song against the evil People out there, at least the children of the adulterer and the whore, as I covered last week, will be this. We're utterly ruined. The portion of my people has been removed from me. Among our captors, he divides our fields. Therefore, you will have none to cast a line by lot in the assembly of Yahweh God. So it stands to reason. In the book of Revelation, our robes are made up of our righteous works. Faith without works is dead. What good does it do you to say, I believe, when all you're going to do is live as you always did? So, don't make that mistake, dear kinsfolk. Always err on the side of Yahweh God. If we must err, that is it all. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. 
We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.